The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros, what's going on? Oh, not much, man. I'm just, uh, I actually... I realized that on my health card the other day that it didn't have my current address, so I applied for a new one. And as soon as I get that new one, I, re- I realize that I'm eligible to get my first shot because uh-huh. I, I work in the food industry. So as soon as my new health card comes in, I'm going to apply to get my first shot of the 5G chip uh, vaccine thing for mind control. And I'm going to like grow an extra limb or something there we are there we are yes yes i believe in the last episode i mentioned i've got my first one the whole the whole snowy snowy manor has gotten the first one and i'm just waiting for that super serum to kick in Mm -hmm. (laughs) what about you dude what's going on uh haven't got mine yet no Uh, but you're hanging in there yeah so far Everyone's yep. good and healthy and doing well, and mm-hmm. apart from all the usual trials and tribulations of life, because um, yeah, we're going to have a pretty stacked show once again. Uh, okay, but just for heads up, in case and anyone's wondering, no, this isn't going to be a marathon three and a half hour episode or whatever. Last, no, not like last, one. <laughs> last one, yeah, because. That that interview that we had with none other than Nasty Ronnie of the Florida Territories and, of course, Nasty Savage, that went on for a good hour, it, yeah. it, it seems. And, you know, part of me was saying, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should cut this. Maybe I should edit this and all that. But no, like that whole that whole chat was absolute gold. So I really didn't want to didn't really want to touch it. And since we are a show that's totally of its own you know there was no there's no real time limit or really yeah. what we you know we don't have any don't have any shackles we're not we're not handcuffed to the turnbuckle <laughs> or anything like that we don't need robocop to save us from a <laughs> cage outside the ring or, or anything like that we are you know we are you know we are our own a squared circle shall we say and it's always a good time so really looking forward to this we got a lot to talk about including the impact the latest impact pay-per-view there's a lot of shit that's gone down in the wrestling world and i think uh, everyone is going to enjoy this week's uh, turnbuckle talk as well there's one of those one of those um ideas where we had to put on our thinking cap and really give it the hmm hmm because it's our own fantasy booking as well Mm -hmm. we decided okay you know what we're going to suspend really suspend disbelief and we're going to jump into the the pro wrestling delorean if we have to and just kind of bounce all over Dimensions. <laughs> Maybe I would say Maybe doing that thing they did in Wayne's World, where they go. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I did lots of that when compiling my list, and I'm really looking forward 
to hearing what you guys have come up with our idea of which who would make wicked horsemen. But before we get there, I gotta say, um, I really enjoyed Impact's Rebellion. This is just the type of pay-per-view that I enjoy. Like I said, we got a lot going on, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over everything in finite details or anything, but um, for the most part, yeah, I was thoroughly entertained, and I like where some of the ideas and wrestlers are going to go next. First off, they started with the NXT uh, title title match, a, a triple threat. The NXT. NXT title match at Rebellion. The NXT, oh, sorry. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the X. The been opened again. So Karrion Cross came back to Impact. And <laughs> yeah, NXT. there we are. Okay. Cross is That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, Josh Alexander, good Canadian boy. Ended up uh, bringing home the title, and I'm glad. Okay, like when the North split, when Ethan Page tore his own heart out and then ran to uh, ran ran to AEW, which I kind of like what they're doing with him there. Now that kind of left Josh Alexander like on his own, and it's like, well, what are they going to do with this guy? Are they going to are they, are they going to just get another team made for him and keep him in the tag team division or what? But it's look, looking like they're giving him a push. And I like the idea of that because on his own, like they're they're giving him a strong, you know, an athlete's athlete, like a Kurt Angle type. Yeah, he's, type he's, like the, he's got that Greco-Roman look to him, I guess, or the Olympian wrestler look mm-hmm. to him with mm-hmm. the head here and yeah. Right, right. And I really dug it, and I found myself cheering for him, you know. And so, yeah, new champion in the X Division. Um, Okay, you guys are going to have to help me out here with this. Okay, well, okay, well, first of all, um, they had a big six-man tag, Violent by Design against Eddie Edwards, James, James Storm, Chris Saban and Will and Willie Mack, which saw the debut of W. Morrissey. Yes, okay. the former big cast. Big and- cast. Okay, yeah. <laughs> or as right. people say, Giant Edge. Giant Edge. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I saw that a few times too. Because if you like zoom in on his face on that entrance, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's got the same like pointy kind of pointed center of his face that Edge has, I guess. Yeah. Pointy nose, yeah. Okay, I can see it now. Edge just grew a few more inches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of thrown a bit by the whole W. Morrissey and all that. It's like, I think it's his real name, isn't it? Yeah, his real name, so. is, his real name is William Morrissey. So ah. I just couldn't call him Will Morrissey. Or, but I guess W. Morrissey it is. Then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they gave him a book, big push. They gave him a strong showing, and I guess he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the 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 big. He's going to be the muscle. Yeah, he's uh, he's really cut now too. I noticed he wasn't. He didn't look like that in WWE. Kind of kind of had a bit. I won't, well, I won't say he had a gut to him, but he sure, certainly didn't have the abs that he does now. He he definitely looks like he got off the booze. 
and really hit the gym really hard. So good for him. Good on him. Yeah. 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 A little while down the card, um, Tony Khan showed up along with Aubrey Edwards, Jerry Lynn, and Tony Schiavone. Oh, okay. Yeah, which that was kind of a surprise. I wasn't expecting to see that. And they announced they they, they had to pull the thing. Well, we're in an that You have an impact ref, and it's in an impact ring, and we want our guy Aubrey to be the second ref and all that. And okay, fine. You know, I can can go with that. It was it was it was cool. It was cool. Like. But, like, I don't have a whole hell of a lot of nice things to say about Tony Khan, honestly, no. and all that. So, to chuck shit at the TV when he showed up, which I did, <laughs> okay, it works. It works, you know. <laughs> like, when I, when I watch wrestling here in Snowy Manor with, with the missus and her mother and all that, they yell and scream at the heel and all play it up. So, you it's, know, watch, it's like watching wrestling here. Oh yeah, yeah. When my grandma's yelling at the TV. Oh yeah, it's it's and that's the, Matt. That's the way it's supposed to be. Knows what that's like now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep. well, wait, wait until I'm able to join you guys because I like getting grandma going too as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Rob, uh, of course. That's so funny. Yeah, grandma oh, didn't like. I, <laughs> she didn't like the fact that I like Chris Jericho. <laughs> ah. <laughs> well, I know who to cheer for. Well, no, he's a face now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But okay. I don't think I think she still doesn't like the list thing that he did in his last WWE run. Ah, you have a problem with that, if I remember correctly. <laughs> you just made the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what happens, Grandma? You know what happens? <laughs> you know what happens? <laughs> That's right. You just made the list. That's right. Yeah, yeah. As well, new tag team champions in Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. Basically, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of. Well, only her third match. Yeah, she hasn't really. She hadn't been with Impact very long, and I don't know where they're going with this. But they, I know. I guess maybe it was just a way. To get El to get Ellering, you know, in, in introduce her strong and all that because she got the clean pin and new new champs. Um same thing, Finn Finn Juice against uh the the Good Brothers. There mm-hmm. was a clean pin with a with a small package and they're pushing that angle a little further now. I really enjoyed the Diano Perrazzo title defense against Tennille Dashwood, the Queen's Gambit match, which saw the return of Taylor Wilde. Yeah, I saw that. And she was on Impact last week, too. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys... That was been a long time. Yeah. just... It it goes to show, because they said she's back after 10 years. Yeah, that is quite a while. And I I didn't think it was that long. No. uh, I... Yeah, and like last week when I was watching Impact, I watch. I don't have the Fight Network on my cable package, and so I can't watch it on TV. But okay. I do have, like, I, I'm subscribed to uh, Impact on Twitch, so I just watch Impact on that okay. every Thursday. Every Thursday, except for today, obviously. But right. uh, yeah, and so during commercial breaks, uh, they don't. Instead of showing commercials, they just show old footage from classic Impact moments. Mm-hmm. So and then last week they happened to play 
Taylor Wilde's uh, knockouts title win. Ah. And so, yeah, that was kind of a blast, an appro- appropriate blast from the past, if I do say myself. Mm-hmm. It was a nice break from watching the Steiner math promo over and over again, which they <laughs> like to play a lot. <laughs> but, you know. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to to see her again, and you know, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go. They can only do better with her than what the NWA are doing with Taryn Terrell right now. Are they ever really dropping the ball with her over on the other channel? Because instead of you know her original, I don't want to say character when it was just her and Gail Kim had those wicked series of like clinics. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're using her dollhouse gimmick in in the NWA, and that's just cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not liking that at all. So hopefully they kind of mix that up. So yeah, looking forward to see what they're doing with Taylor Wilde and the main event: Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega, title versus title, Impact versus AEW. Now, obviously. Just the fact that like Impact doesn't have the audience it once had, okay, it's def- this definitely didn't have the cachet, you know, that the WWF versus NWA in 1987 would have had, no, know, for for a title versus title match, but they really gave it their all and they tried to give it as much of a big fight feel that they could they brought in Mauro Ranallo just specifically for that match yeah i i heard some clips from that on uh online i mean like i miss Mauro Ranallo being in ECW or not ECW to <laughs> NXT so, we're getting all right. of our company stuff tonight there's <laughs> yeah, just so uh, many I, of them yeah yeah i i miss Mauro. so many wrestling promotions were just like this one and then wait no not this one <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> no, but when Maranalo he made takeovers like so awesome uh, in like in the last few years, like, especially in like 2017, 2018. Like mm-hmm. he's just so over the top and so like I don't know. <laughs> he, it, you just can't help but love. Him. Like when he said like you can't spell Omega without O M G. I was like, ah, oh, classic room. <laughs> yeah. Classic room. I hear Michael Cole now. Yeah. Vintage <laughs> and it's going to be I think even though like a lot of people or at least not as many like they probably would have liked have seen it it's definitely going to go down as a classic match mm-hmm. you know it was it went back and forth it was really strong you know um Omega had his had his posse in his corner. Eddie Edwards and Willie Mack came out for Swan. Like I said, it went it went back and forth. But what I liked about it is that it wasn't overbooked. You would think that with all these people at ringside and the second referee and mm-hmm. you know there's going to be shenanigans five six times over until there is finally a fluky win and all that. But no, it was a, a hard fought. Strong, you know, Swan and Omega definitely left it out on on the mat, and it was a clean pin with the one winged one winged angel. So yeah. now that's that's where we are, you know, him holding like all of the belts. I will say it's time to get rid of that TNA belt. Well, he still has it. So. I know that that drives <laughs> yeah. me nuts. 
Okay, like okay, I what what TNA was doing with it, I get it, but it's been unified. Retire yeah. get rid of it and all that. Omega walking around with it, that's just ego. That's just uh, just another belt for me to carry. Yeah, well, or another one for uh, Nakazawa to carry, more like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And throughout the match, they were name-dropping Roosh, the Ring of Honor champion, and uh, Fatu from MLW and all that. So uh, this is cool. I like this because, you know, back when I was a teenager, the last time there, were, there, was, a, there was a title versus title match at, from this magnitude, I guess, was the AWA versus the, the world-class title. I can't think of, you know, anything that happened, you know, in the last 30 years like this. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me think it's really too bad, you know, like they were doing this angle. And I realized you can't control, you know, world crises and all and all that. And the impact is doing what they can with what they've got. And you got to strike while the kettle is hot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really too bad that for Impact, that there was no real audience. Yeah, it was there. just canned, canned audience sounds. So mm-hmm. that's like the, the the one downfall of this match, I guess, yeah, would be that it happened in front of nobody. Yeah. Right, right. And it's just, it would have been a pretty good cash cow for for Impact because... Okay, when, when there's a big A, like, okay, the only people watching wrestling now are wrestling fans mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they like to travel you know mm-hmm. for yes. big big aew cards and all that it's not like when when a when aew had you know their their first all in or money for nothing or yeah whatever you know they the the place was packed but it was probably only about 30% of the residents of that city. The rest were destination travelers. Yeah. Tra- yeah. Yeah. And I honestly think, you know, this would have been one of those, one of those matches. And it would have been a, it would have been a huge gate for impact. You know? Yeah. I could, uh, I could see like with, with that headliner on there, I could, if, were there allowed to have like a full capacity crowd? I could definitely see that match or that card selling out or selling most of like at least like a, a smaller sized arena. I'm not going to go like big time here. Oh, yeah. We're not talking about WrestleMania Stadium, but yeah, but like a like a lower like a 10,000 seat arena, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. So, yeah, this is really. The whole thing with Omega having the title and now Impact has has to regroup and it's kind of it's 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 kind of a little bit of like I said going back to the the eight the the Jerry Lawler versus Kerry Von Eric feud mixed in with a little bit of the NWO you know you know it's got a lot of it's making a really cool wrestling stew on Impact right now mm-hmm. and if people aren't watching it because you know. What's her face has left a sour taste in their mouth when old old Dixie's left a sour taste in everyone's mouth and all that. Um, I think you should, everyone, if you're listening and you know you've given up on impact, put that shit aside and check this out. I think uh, it's something you're going to 
really enjoy. And so, like, I can't wait. So, like, when we can do this again, when I can join you guys for the pay-per-views, you know, mm-hmm. this this was definitely one I'm watching. It's like, ah, I wish I was there with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then we can just so. talk about it, like, not over the phone. Like, right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So, um, our going by our scale, horns up, horns down, horns in the middle. I'm giving this horns way up. Okay. You know, and it didn't break the bank like the AEW pay-per-views cost. (laughs) Like, when Mrs. Snowy says, you know, how how much is this one? I'm kind of like, can I lie? (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know. Yeah. Can I lie? Can Please? I lie? You know, does, like, does she see the cable? Does she open the cable bill, or do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she handles all the bills. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, horns way up, and I can't wait till we start singing. You, you'd path. hear her. You'd hear her yell, "This isn't fair!" And you'd be like, oh, "I'm fucking dead." Oh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> it, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she likes the, she you know, and uh, of course, so do I. When you get the pay per views that are only thirty dollars or twenty dollars, like the yeah. last FWA was twenty bucks, and it's like, okay, I'll take that. Shit. Yeah, you know. Well, she, and like I guess, I guess the biggest question going forward from now though is like, uh, where's where does Omega go from here? Like he's got four world titles uh, technically, mm-hmm. but like does. I know Andrade has challenged him in AAA for the Mega Championship. Whether he retains or not, who knows? Uh, it looks like after Dynamite last night that they're pushing towards uh, Omega versus Orange Cassidy at Double or Nothing. Right. Uh, it'll be a good match. I don't see Orange Cassidy winning though, or whoever's in that match. They, they, they still have to decide the, the who's actually going to be facing him, but. It's it's more than likely going to be Cassidy. It looks like they're yeah. building that, so we might as well get right into last night as we speak. AEWs, like you guys, probably don't want to go through the whole card, but this was kind of something special: the blood and guts match. Yep. Speaking Good. of old school wrestling, this was basically war games. Yep. It was like the old, more like the old school war games. It's not <laughs> the WWE's version. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. They kind of have their own idea of, of what. No, yeah. yeah when when I say with, with no roof, yeah, no roof, and you're allowed to have pinfalls in NXT's war games. Actually, with, uh, I was good with that. Okay, well, yeah, well, with the with the blood and guts version, it's more like the old school WCW war games where there's a roof on the cage. It's the same thing, where it's like the the match doesn't officially start until all ten men are in the ring, and. uh yeah, the only way to win is by submission or surrender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I to- I I totally get that, but like a a fall is more you know unless unless you're getting unless you have someone in the sharpshooter or the figure four or the Boston Crab or whatever. Like if someone is just saying I quit, I've had enough. That's nowhere near as exciting as a pinfall. In, in yeah, that's match. true. Yeah. Oh, and in the NXT version too, since they have no roof, uh, well, that a that allows them to do pretty incredible spots off the top of the cage. Right. And B, B they also have this other rule that if uh, if a member of the team 
escapes the cage, they forfeit the match for their team. But thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. And I right. don't think if it stays on NXT, I don't think it will. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that was not the case, though, with this match uh, last night, obviously, with the way it ended. Because uh, right. like while while the the match inside the cage was pretty brutal and like I uh, I just wish there were no commercial breaks that's that's yeah, what kind of ruined it. <laughs> oh uh-huh. yeah commercial breaks yeah yeah but like the the actual action going into it was like it, throughout the match was absolutely incredible there was a lot of blood and, and lots of color the, yeah I was kind yeah. of surprised and all the men participating in this match had a lot of guts <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> like. I give him props for going into it. And, like, there was even a point where I think it was Ortiz fell between the uh, the ring and the inside of the cage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can imagine that was very uncomfortable. But, because, yeah, and uh, what else was there? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, like, at, at some point during a commercial break, somebody pulled up the the padding from the ring and exposed the pine. <laughs> so, I don't I don't know when that happened because you like it, it may be picture in picture, but it's on such a small screen and yeah, uh, so I, I, I yeah. through advertisements. So I just fast forwarded through that part, and when it came back, I was like, "Oh, the ring's destroyed. Cool, cool. Oh, the ring's destroyed, and everyone's <laughs> bleeding. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really need to see that insurance commercial. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yep. <laughs> And you come back from that insurance commercial in Ortiz is stabbing MJF with a fork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like at some point, I think Sean Spears took one of the turnbuckles off one of the corners. And yeah. yeah. Like everything was, it was just mayhem. It was like, it was like one of those things on com or like, uh, on like comedy shows where it's like there, you're about to have an epic battle and then it just says scene missing. And then it just shows the aftermath. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, then like the the ending of the match though uh, came when MJF got out of the cage. I didn't know you were allowed to do. Like I thought that was a big no no in War Games matches, but apparently not in this one. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so he gets out of the cage and starts scaling it and climbs onto the top. So Jericho naturally, being that he's the leader of the other team, follows him. And uh, oh yeah, I just kind of want to put a little asterisk in here that. Uh, uh, all the members of the inner circle were wearing uh, prison jumpsuits, and uh, on the back of everyone's jumpsuit had a prison from their hometown. And Jericho said "Stony Mountain Penitentiary" on the back of his. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yes, yeah, <so> Jericho <laughs> up in Winnipeg. <laughs> right on. Ah. Yeah. But anyway, uh, as the as as both guys uh, were fighting on top of the cage, kind of just they didn't they weren't showing any action happening in the cage at that point. It was just mainly focused on MGF and Jericho beating each other up on the top. And they both put each other in each other's submission holds. Neither men tapped out. And then, yeah, in the end, uh, MGF got Jericho to the edge and threatened to throw him off. If the other members of the inner circle didn't surrender on his behalf, which they did. So that's the pinnacle picked up the win by MGF being the, little chicken shit heel that he is. And, <laughs> yeah. But then he ended up throwing him off the cage anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what was the, the, what's the big, there's a lot of, yeah, scut- there's a lot of internet scuttlebutt going on about onto the, onto the solid steel, concrete, cardboard mattress. Yeah. Well, the, like the, a lot of people are 
like saying how it looked bad. Like it's not so much that they had a problem with Jericho landing on a crash mat. It was so much that it just kind of didn't look that great. Like the camera right. angle was wrong. And like the, the part that he landed on was obviously like, it was either like really thin wood or cardboard even. And when he landed, you could see the underside of it. And it's like, well, okay. They didn't paint the underside of it. So that's obviously make, made it look a little hokey. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that was the main the main gripe that the internet wrestling community has with it is that it's, yeah. They just <laughs> like if he would have went like through a stage part onto a mat that you couldn't see, cool. They could have done that. Yeah, so, yeah, something like that, perhaps. Or if they just like, if they, if they showed it from like uh, MJF's perspective per se, or like the audience perspective where it just showed him pushing Jericho off and you just didn't see him land. Mm-hmm. That probably would have looked cool too. Right. And then, yeah, and then there was like another like little like when all when everyone was around Jericho checking to see if he was okay, you could clearly see Jericho like opened his eye and looked at the camera and then closed his eyes again. Oh yeah, that's stuff, stuff like that just just drives me nuts. Yeah, I guess he didn't realize that the camera was on him, but still, like, come on, man, how long you been doing this? You should know not to open your eyes. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Sell it, sell it. Yeah, for all it's worth. Yeah. But like overall, the match was absolutely incredible, and uh, I didn't have a problem with the finish. Like people, yeah, a lot of people didn't like the surrender finish, but I thought it really played well into MJF's character, and right. he's gonna he's gonna use that as fuel to really hype himself up next week. You can bet on that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're definitely gonna keep this going. Prob probably. Though without Jericho, like this is this is this kind of like because we we know as heavy music fans, it's, bands are going to start touring so mm-hmm. and I imagine that Fozzie is going to be on the touring path. Is this kind of a way to write him out? Yeah, for sure. Because like yeah, bands are starting to tour certain states in America again. Fucking uh, Megadeth. Uh, announced a, a tour that they were supposed to have before the pandemic with uh, Lamb of God, Trivium, and Inflames. That's happening mm-hmm. again later this year. So the only right. reason I wasn't going to go to that tour is because I've seen them all multiple times. Oh, yeah. many times. Every, like, every if, one of those. Bands. If it would have come here, yeah, I would have been. There. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, am I going to go all the way to Minneapolis for? A tour of everyone that I've seen? No. No, no. no. If, it, if it comes here, front row center, for sure. Yeah, but, exactly. But yeah, no, I, that's not a, that's that's not a travel. That's not a death. If it was, say, Megadeth and three bands I haven't seen before, maybe. <laughs> yeah, sure. I've, I've traveled to see Megadeth twice. First time was for Gigantour, but that was like a whole festival type thing. And that was like the only only the second time I've seen Megadeth at that point. Okay. But that I, was I mean, the one like, here, right? No, that was the first Gigantour in 2005. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the one with it had like Dream Theater, Fear Factory, Symphony X, a uh, bunch of other bands that I wanted to see. So yeah, that's oh Nevermore, they were on there too. So yeah, that's why I went to that. And then I traveled again to see Megadeth in Saskatoon because they didn't come here for this tour. It was when they played Rust in Peace front to back. Oh, so okay. I had I had to go see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, one of the all-time great records. Yeah, and then uh, also Testament and Exodus were opening, so yeah, right there. That's that's <laughs> a selling point. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so once once again to all of our listeners, this is what you get with this show. We're four yeah. we're four, you know, extreme metal fans that kind of got together through through a love of a love of pro wrestling. So you kind of gotta put up with our our um where we kind of fall off the rails a bit. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. It's less of a radio show, more of, it's a conversation. We're just having conversations. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> there we are. Yep. I'm so glad if you're listening, thank you so much. As well, um with 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 Blood and Guts. Okay, the the war games, you know, that was the only match that was live, right? Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the match was pre-taped. Right. The rest, the rest of the show was pre-taped, sorry. Right. So they actually did the right thing. And they they gave a forty five minute window to anyone that wanted a refund, I guess before before War Games went Only went down. Five people wanted a refund. Okay, mm. that's not so bad. What about you guys? Would okay? Say we the three of us we show up. We're expecting to see a full card live. Okay, then we're looking at a. Yeah, I and I've been to. Um, Closed circuit matches. I went to WrestleMania too and watched it on the big screen, but it was live. Okay, like I right. wasn't in the building, but it was live on the screen and all that. These were taped matches. What were you? How, what would you guys be saying when they said, "Okay, this is the format for tonight's show"? Uh, well, the fans kind of—I'm pretty sure they uh, went into detail about that, but before they even purchased tickets, but mm-hmm. uh, it would kind of seem deceptive if they didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'd be okay with it. Like just, just kind of like hang, hang out, watch an episode of dynamite with a bunch of other people and have some drinks, you know, basically. Right. And then, and then the, and then the live shit happens and you're like, Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Time for the oh, time shit. For the- there's a match, <laughs> <laughs> so it might actually the the war games would definitely make it worth it. Then, yeah, in my opinion, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to it, and I think tickets were only like twenty five bucks American. So, oh, okay, well, never mind. I'm, th- I'm you're thinking paying oh. like thirty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, okay, I would do that. All right, yeah, I paid sixty dollars to see Judas Priest and Anthrax. So, fuck yeah, I'll I'll pay. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's worth it. Yeah, I paid yeah. six. I paid like fifty bucks to see Priest and Saskatoon a couple. Okay, <laughs> and the only reason that tour didn't come here, speaking of getting off the rails, uh, <laughs> the only reason that tour didn't come here is because we had there was a booked Jets game for that night, but they didn't get to the playoffs. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh well. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 Like my the point is is I've paid a lot more money to see. To see stuff, so I like if I paid, I, I only paid thirty bucks when Raw came here in February last year. That okay. was fine. That was fine. I wouldn't pay, wouldn't pay the seven hundred dollars on the floor on the hard cam side. Oh. <laughs> Holy jeez, that's yeah. brutal. That's brutal. But no, like yeah, like t- fucking twenty five bucks American to to see an AEW show. Fuck yeah, I, yeah. I would have. And it's it's I think the war games kind of makes it a special event as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, well, 
Yeah, it's like AEW putting their spin on an old classic that we've been re we've we, we were reintroduced to the war games over the past like since 2017 since NXT started doing it. Right. And it was cool. it was cool seeing that again, but like seeing seeing like two different companies have a different spin on a certain match type is always is a, is always fun to me. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I get like, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now I guess the next big event coming up is going to be the uh double for nothing yeah double or nothing on well Mania. there's wrestlemania backlash first but that's gonna suck so yeah double yeah <laughs> yeah and we yeah. said the next big event <laughs> yeah okay yeah. see see how see how the wwe doesn't even register in my head mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah i know like but I, I don't like. I've completely forgot. I don't even know when WrestleMania back WrestleMania backlash. Uh, when I don't even know what that is. Like since I stopped watching, as I said uh, on the last episode. Uh, next weekend. Next weekend. Okay. okay. Well, I don't even know the card aside from like two matches. So yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So uh, if it's next weekend, I doubt we'll be recording again. Well, I I don't know. We might have to. We might have to sit down and, and do this again to do our predictions. Yeah, true. God help yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll turn it into the pay-per-view, but I'm not watching Raw. Fuck that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which is going to make the predictions even more fun because I don't know what the hell's going on. No, like I, like as I said on the last episode, I quit watching the main roster product, but it seems like some cool shit's happening on SmackDown now. And like... Alistair Black is back and he's doing these promos where he's talking about this father figure of his, which looks suspiciously like the undertaker and, uh-huh. uh, and uh, Cesaro's getting kind of a main event push now. And uh, I guess even more interesting now is like, on the, as of this last weekend or as, as this last week, Daniel Bryan lost a loser leaves town match against Roman Reigns and apparently his contract expired. So Okay, yeah. So, of course, as soon as something like that happens, of course, the internet pundits go into overdrive and all that. And there's a a lot of speculation as to what Brian is going to do next. Like, is he going to re-sign? Like, we know he's still got the wrestling itch. He still wants to get out there and and entertain. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So there's talk, you know, is he going to go to AEW? What about Japan? What about Mexico? Like even even Impact? Uh, do you guys want to put your um, your prediction hat on and maybe throw well, an idea? It's going like we want Omega Brian now. Yeah, right. I wouldn't mind seeing that, but uh, that'd be cool. But AEW has has like eighty talent already. Yeah, like it's kind of getting a little over. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe he'll just go back to Ring of Honor. Who knows? But uh, maybe for like a one-shot pay-per-view. Yeah, like I, I can't see him signing on full time for Ring of Honor. But honestly, if 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 I was you know bestowed the honor of being a wrestling god and I can basically make people go and do whatever I chose, I would be tapping him to either go to impact or ring of honor. Like he's, he's name name value that might help there. Yeah. But then you have to also have to look at the other side of the coin where he was kind of saying in inter- in interviews recently, or maybe, maybe it was just cause he just was kind of sick of being in WWE and working with their, uh, the, like the way they work, their style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
kind of he kind of hinted that he just kind of wanted he didn't have that passion that he used to have because he he said in the in the main event of WrestleMania he kind of felt out of body and like he didn't enjoy himself like he used to it didn't feel right you know right so I'm thinking maybe he might just stay home with his kid with his kids for a while no well god help him then i imagine his kids kids are great but i don't know if i could live full time with abella like (laughs) well Bree seems a lot cooler (laughs) than nikki (laughs) okay well i certainly hope so but i yeah or maybe there's i don't know like there's the idea of the legends contract or they'll they could just sign him to do nothing and or sign him so he doesn't go to AEW. Yeah, but, but <laughs> that would that would kind of suck. Like, oh, it totally wasted. Yeah, but and if I'm being honest, like there are of course those going to be the internet wrestling community guys that are like, oh well, hope, hopefully he goes somewhere will he, he'll be used properly. And I'm just like, well, how the fuck has he not been used properly in WWE? Like, if anything, out of any of the internet darlings, he's been used more properly than anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These recent years, like he main evented WrestleMania, like just a month ago for starters. And right. How he's been? How many times has he been world champion? Like five, I think. Yeah, and he got over on his own. Yeah, and he's he's a grand slam. Like, like he had one of the best heel runs in recent memory a couple of years ago when he did the eco friendly uh, Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, I still, I still don't understand how that character could be a heel, but hey, Vince McMahon be Vince McMahon. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> You're gonna be environmentally friendly, okay? But yeah. make everybody hate you. <laughs> yeah, which that that I don't understand. Like, mm. like uh, to well, I guess it well because like environmentally friendly is a good thing. Straight edge is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like they made Punk a total heel just for not doing drugs. For not yeah. drinking, for not screwing around, like uh, where we come from, straight edge is awesome. I could never be straight edge, okay, but it's so cool. More power to you. <laughs> More power to you. Yeah, we know. We all know lots of cool straight edge, straight edge guys in the hardcore scene. I'm not yeah. booing those guys. Like what? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, the drummer for Blade, uh, Mackenzie. He's he's straight edge, and he's he's a fucking dope. Dude, like there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I saw what you did there. He's an awesome guy. There we go. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, if Daniel Bryan does choose to go somewhere else, do you think all of his personal effects are going to be sent to him in a fucking garbage bag? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, that's a tough one. I mean, he didn't get released. Does Vince want to get a Cesaro uppercut? Because that's what would probably fucking happen. Oh. <laughs> as, long, as long as it's a biodegradable garbage bag. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we everyone knows exactly what we're giggling about yeah. and all of that. Just the whole the whole Mickey James garbage bag thing and apparently like they've they've already said okay this is the result of this guy i think mark corona yeah was was his name and 
he they apparently showed him the walking they they gave him his walking papers for that reason and all that but that just doesn't i just don't know if i totally buy that like, no that's i think the reason i think they mainly just did that to save face you know like, right like they'll probably like people like released him just a mid did and then they're probably gonna hire him so yeah but quietly yeah yeah yeah, yeah, or or it, there's there's also the thought that with post WrestleMania, there's so much restructuring and hires and fires and all that that um, he could have been on the chopping block to begin with. And yeah, that's this was the reason. Okay, well here, regardless, okay, like what a. Bush fucking league thing to do, honestly. Yeah. You know, like what kind of message are you saying? Like, okay, even if even if it's like, you know, you're just being careless, you're being thoughtless, you're putting your stuff into a to something that where it won't get wet or you know, it's just the idea, the 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 connotations that a garbage bag have. Yeah, you know, just. What are you thinking? Yeah, the symbolism, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's your shit? Get the fuck yeah, out of yeah, here. Yeah, get the fuck And, like, I, I, I could see if she was a sable backstage or whatever, and everyone was just tired of her crap. Yeah. You know? And that 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 I could see. But by any accounts, like, everyone, she was, a, you know, a good, a good worker. Everyone seemed to like her. Mm-hmm. And all that. I don't think her marriage to the NWA champion is a threat to the company. No, no, no. Or, or anything. <laughs> so I just, it just, none of this, it just, I don't know. I think it's just someone wasn't thinking. Well, it definitely wasn't an isolated incident either because a lot of other people, even from last year's cuts, um, Maria Canellis said she had the same thing happen to her. Wow. So if she, if, Canellis went on, on 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 social media. We might have been talking about this last year then. Yeah, for sure. And even this year, Chelsea Green said that she even got the garbage bag. She didn't even get her own stuff. She got, <laughs> she, she got uh, some of uh, Natalia Neidhart's stuff. Like, oh, jeez. A couple pairs of wrestling boots that weren't hers, and then she got this one uh, top that was like pink and black. There's only one person who wears pink and black, as far as yeah. I know. <laughs> uh-huh. Why not? Why can Why can these people just not go and get their shit? Okay. Like, once you're fired, you're just, like, escorted from the premises, and yeah, that's... Yeah, but, okay. It's in, like any other job. It's like any other job. If you're there when they fire you, if you're in the building, the boss has to walk you out. Mm. That's what happened uh, yeah. to me when I got fired from Giant Tiger. I okay. imagine, okay, I imagine, like, they would do that if you were a, a risk of throwing a chair through a window or punching the secretary on the way out or, or whatever. But, like, uh, would it, how much of a threat would these people to be, to, like, just to come in and grab my shit and leave? Yeah, that's true, but... I don't know, but I I understand. Yeah, that's that's yeah. procedure. 
so so no one does that which makes me think like i love my the the branch manager of the company i work for we get along great we got a lot of geeky things in common and we laugh together at least once a day okay mm-hmm. and if you know i couldn't like if the company were to let me go okay and i wanted to do something physical about that He's not going to stop me. You know what I mean? Like, there's no one in the building that physically intimidates me. And it's not that I'm some big badass or whatever, but, <laughs> you, know, you know, like, what if, like, what is, what is the, 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 your branch manager? And this isn't just me. This is anyone. What are they really going to do? You know, uh, if, yeah, if, well, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, there have like I'm I'm no doubt in my mind that there have been incidences where people have gotten fired and have gone absolutely ape shit, right. destroying company property. Right. But, uh, yeah. So I guess it's it's just a safety or a, I don't know safety procedure protocol. But even these people who work like desk jobs and cubicles, like they you always see them walking out with like a box of their stuff. Right. <laughs> to the elevator. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the end of the day, though, this it, it's it's good fodder for shows like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and yeah, I, know, I think we spoke last episode where we thought Mickey James was going to go, and I don't think okay. it's going to okay. be hurt. Okay, for... can I go off the rails for just a second? Oh, hey, you might as well. <laughs> yeah. Kinder Mall. Jinder, well, we all know Jinder Mahal has returned. Yep. And do you want to know what they named his teammates? Oh, Veer and Shanky. Veer and Shanky? Veer and Shanky. Oh. Is that, do they have last names or is that just? Nope. Nope. Just Veer and Shanky. Hmm. Well, they're, they're foreigners. Do they really need last names? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Veer and Shanky. Let's name one Shanky. Hmm. Well, oh, yeah. By the way, like, I know the main event. The main event hasn't aired yet. And I know how everybody loves to watch that show. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Don't hinder the gender. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I like how I messaged you the other day. I'm like, that was the best part of Raw. And you were like, that happened on 205. Oh, no, no, that's like, not that. Main event. I was like, oh, what? That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was deep on Raw. <laughs> you know, Raw is terrible when. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what days are SmackDown on now? Okay, Raw is still Friday. Monday. It is Friday. Yeah. Friday, yeah. yeah. Friday. Oh, yeah. Who, who's watching TV Friday night? Well, everybody now because they can't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, but a you know, pandemic-free, free world. I remember. Okay, when I when I was a teenager, there there was a cop show. It's called Miami Vice. I'm sure you guys oh, yeah. have at least heard of it. Yep, yep, yep. It was huge. Okay, the rec- the soundtrack, the you know the the theme song was a big hit. It was getting huge ratings. Guys, for some reason, were dressing up like them, and it just mm, I. Yeah. It was huge, but it was on Friday night. I was—I never saw an episode of Miami Vice 
because it was yeah. Friday night. Like, what is a teenage guy like me doing on a Friday night? I'm not in front of the fucking idiot box. I'm fishing in the liquor store or, you know, <laughs> like, I don't understand. Or we're at the park theater for a concert. Right. Or I was at a show or, you know, like, it just, there's... Uh, so who's watching TV Friday night? Like, what are SmackDown's ratings like? Uh, I think they're right around like the one million mark, uh, one and a half million, same as Raw. But uh, like, the, the, I think their mentality behind it is that it's on from seven till nine, and they they I guess they think people don't go out until like ten o'clock on Friday nights. Oh, okay. So that's at least like. I'm pretty sure that was their mentality when they initially moved to Fridays back in the day. Cause they like SmackDown was like the Thursday show for the longest time. Then it's like, Oh, we're moving to Fridays. And then it went back mm-hmm. to Thursdays and then it was live. Then, so it was on Tuesdays. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and that's, that can't be good for, for view, for viewership. If you're bouncing around a lot. Oh no, that's what happened to a lot of uh, shows on ironically on Fox that got canceled because they kept on moving them around. And, uh, yeah, nobody knew when they were on, so the ratings fell. That's what happened to Futurama initially, because they kept on changing the day it was on. So nobody watched it. Right. They, they actually no, poked, fun totally at that. They poked fun at that in the Star Trek episode. Yeah, at the beginning, you hear uh, uh, William Shatner's voice go, Captain's Log, air date, unknown. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, and I guess in in Canada is SmackDown Friday nights as well. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. Do you guys have uh, anything else we want to contribute to this segment? No. Uh, no. All I gotta say is like it was kind of a classless move from the most uh, or from the biggest wrestling company in the world and kind of seemed a little odd that Vince McMahon himself didn't address it and only Triple H and Stephanie did. Right. Well, he, he might didn't not even know even, what fucking happened. Yeah, he yeah. might not even know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He probably doesn't know what's going on with a lot of things in his life right now. <laughs> probably. Like, probably not. Judging by the look of him, he probably only gets like three hours of sleep every night. <laughs> If so. probably, yeah. probably, I'm I'm not one for um dead for for Deadpool's, but I think I might be picking Vince next year. No, oh, well, um, yeah, <laughs> no, but he's that'll be. He's either immune to everything, or he has every disease known to man, and it doesn't <laughs> win, could probably kill him. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the last two people on earth will be him. Yeah, yeah. Keith Richards, Keith Richards are going to fight over Betty White. Yeah. Yeah. Hell <laughs> and yeah. yeah, yeah. What about what's going on? I'm hearing some sort of version of Lucha Underground is fighting to make its way out. Yep. What, what do we know about that? Has anything really been announced? Well, um, the season finale of MLW last week. Um, I don't remember the guy who runs his name. It's L something after whatever the fuck. Okay. Name is. I don't remember. And then it just like went screen went to black and then it cut to him in his little office like he had in Lucha Underground. And then he's like, on this date, we're coming back and blah, blah, blah. And I built a new temple. 
and now it's called Azteca Underground. Ah. So, uh, would you? Are you excited for this? I'm. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I enjoyed. Provided we can. Underground, so I'm gonna watch this. Yeah. Hmm. I have never watched one single episode of Lucha Underground, so I think I need to go back and binge watch all four seasons before this comes out. Yep. <laughs> right, right. Well, yep. there there were times where Lucha Underground kind of got a little too TV show-ish. Well, it's presented that way, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, it totally was. Even more so than, like, the WWF or AEW mm-hmm. or anything. But um, for it, it was... It, the in-ring... Okay, it was fresh and exciting, and it was people that I didn't see every every, every week that I might have only read about on the internet or the regs or something. Mm-hmm. All that. So yeah, I really enjoyed Lucha Underground. Yeah, like it had it had more of a cinematic approach, didn't it? Sorry, like it had more of a cinematic approach, did it not? They, I didn't think in the in terms of matches like 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 we have now, but there was a lot of vignettes in between matches and the way they introduced characters. Okay, and, like stuff like that, like went to the extreme, and the 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 big the the big boss, the owner of Lucha Underground, was like evil Vince times. You know, if he was a if Vince was a character in the Scarface movie or something, you know, like that's, <laughs> you know, for, for, you know, for a description off the top of my head and all that. But once, once the bell rang, Lucha Underground delivered. Okay. Know, uh-huh. In a lot of ways. So, yeah. If, if you, most you of their it. guys are signed now, too. So, like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Brian right, well, Oh yeah, yeah. Oh shit, that's right. Uh, Ricochet, Prince Puma, right? Morrison, yeah. Uh, huge, huge heel. Jeremiah Crane, Sammy yeah. Callahan. Oh yeah. Uh, Rey Mysterio, like Phoenix and um, Pentagon. So oh, like, and of course they had <laughs> wasn't wasn't Matt Matt Stryker and Vampiro were the yeah. Commentators, the, the commentators, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, it was, it was a fantastic show, and if if you can find it, Io yeah, Shirai's is signed because she was in Lucha Underground. Like, oh, okay. So, so I guess she had a match with um, she had a match with Pentagon. Oh, season huh. three. Oh, okay. See, I should go back and you know get a refresher on it as well. It'd be interesting to see where they're going with that okay and one of your mud show cards is coming up <laughs> okay like they're 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 really calling it whatever cornet calls they're it calling the, it outlaw mud show outlaw mud show <laughs> is coming up and this is obviously a total rib on on jim cornet because that's that's what he calls you know a lot of these quote-unquote garbage shows yeah it's not yeah, but that's going to shit even more because Ricky Morton is going to be wrestling on CCW Outlaw Mud Show. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's a CZW show. No, it's a GCW show. Oh, oh, game changer, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, they have okay. 
I don't know if we're... Do you have a ballpark date when Outlaw Mud Show is happening? Saturday, Jan, uh, June 19th. Okay. Okay. So maybe I'll be able to join you guys for for this. Because, okay, you have me at Ricky Morton. Yeah. Okay. It, no, yeah, no, no matter what Morton does, even if he just comes out and... You know, waves to the audience and everyone goes, yay, Ricky Morton. Okay, well, I'll do that. Cornette had a shit fit about the last time Ricky wrestled for GCW because he wrestled Joey Janela. Uh, oh, Jelly Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> Joey <laughs> Nutella. Yeah. Yeah. But my question um, is, is if Ricky Morton is in a singles match, who's he going to make the hot tag to when he gets beaten up forever? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's there's something to be said about um, muscle reflex. You know, like there there could be a time when he, you know, because there you're you're right. Oh, you know, he was always he would take the shit kicking and he has to tag out Robert and in, into it. He's got to make the hot tag and all that. I could see just out of muscle reflex him jumping to an empty corner looking <laughs> for a tag and, and he's not even there. Like now how do you well I guess you could say, Oh, just all those years of Morton, you know, t- t- tagging out to Robert, no Robert always being in his corner. It was reflex. He would he would he he would look for the tag in his sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Muscle memory. Uh, so yeah, that sounds that sounds like an angle they would go with on like an indie show or something like that. Right. And the right. crowd would react to it because they know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. We got to yeah. stop putting these ideas out in the universe. <laughs> we're we're going to see all this shit coming up and we'll be like, okay, where's our booking job? Yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where you're just like holding the beer, pointing at the TV screen. <laughs> That's us, yeah. yeah. We did that. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> I know. So, looking forward to that. I gotta say, and whatever gives Cornette, you know, fuel because I listen to both shows every week. And yeah, he just all this stuff just you you can see, you know. And I I don't know how much of a work it is, but yeah, you could see his, you could see over the internet. You could still, oh yeah, you know you can hear his temple throbbing. Yeah, you can you can uh-huh. like yeah you can hear the vein in his forehead. Yeah, you can, you can hear the vein. That's right. And that either makes me say like, dude, like really. Like, okay, don't watch it. Don't worry about it. You know, but that gives him fodder for his show. Mm-hmm. Because the majority of his listeners... That's what they want to hear. That's what they want to hear because they're old-timers like me. You know, and while I agree with a lot of stuff he says, there's a lot of stuff that makes me just say, fucking relax, you know? Like, yeah. I, yeah, okay, Ken, Ken, Kenny Omega did a... A match with a a doll ten years ago in another country. Fucking get over it. <laughs> that was in, you know, DDT in Japan. Yeah, like no one yeah. saw it. You're the only one keeping it alive. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I wonder if 
he ever watched anything else from DDT because it's been way more ridiculous than that, and he would have an aneurysm. Oh, probably. DDT, the- they, DDT, they have like a doll wrestler. I don't remember what they named it, but it was their like Iron Man champion for a while. Oh, oh God. Don't they also have a panda bear? Like a a panda, panda bear. bear. They have a they had a ladder who was a competitor for a while. So they would just have one-on-one matches with ladders. <laughs> okay, yeah, see, I... DDT is amazing. I love it. It's like, so this good. Me, this is just making me think of that old Simpsons episode. Like, but it's the inanimate carbon rod! <laughs> yep. <laughs> they had an office death match once. It wasn't really a death match, but it was just office supplies. It was so funny. I'm going to see if I can find it right now. Uh, Remember <laughs> that campsite? match I sent you guys with like Omega and Ibushi. Is this the same company that did the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan? Or is that... No, that was, that was GCW. Oh, okay. Okay. That was cool. That was <laughs> oh, here we go. K- DDT Openweight title. Kota Ibushi versus Yoshihiko. The doll. Mm. Wow. Alright. I'll... Uh, okay. I'm writing that down to not look that up. Things I'd rather do than that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, uh... <sighs> so, anything else going on in our little heads? Is there anything going on, like in the wonderful world of wrestling, that we kind of want to get off our chest and I was throw, throw out there? Think of. One from earlier, but it slipped my mind when we were mentioning stuff. Well, we'll just, uh, I'll take this opportunity to hype up the next episode where once part two of Dark Side of the Ring with Brian Gilman airs, we're going to be talking all about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just creating the hype. Next episode. Right. right. Yes. But now, now that you've said it, I kind of like, I want to talk about Pillman. I want to talk about Pillman. We got to get through both parts. We got to talk about get through both parts. Yes, of course, from, you know, the two-part episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Speaking about Brian Pillman, we're going to kind of switch um, gears here to our turnbuckle talk segment. Mr. Brian Pillman was, of course, one of the many Four Horsemen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was kind of at a point where it just seemed like within, like, it's like, okay, we got this guy. We just signed him to the roster. Well, what are we going to do with him? Hmm. Well, well, a long time ago, there was a thing called the Four Horsemen in the old NWA, and that got a lot of guys over, and that was a really big angle, and everyone made lots of money, and everyone went home happy when they and this, that, and another thing. Ah, let's make him a horseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a while, it kind of stopped working. Okay, like with, with the four horsemen, and I was there right from the start with them when it was Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. Mm-hmm. The idea of the four horsemen was, you know, some of the four of the top you know, workers in the league all banding together, you know, to form this super group and a combined dislike of Dusty Rhodes. Okay. (laughs) Gets every one of them had their run-ins with Rhodes. Well, anyways, 
And the idea is, you know, these they were also classy gentlemen. And they liked to party and, you know, like it was wine, woman and song. But the, we were still the best wrestlers in the world. We liked to, you know, we, we wrestled hard and we played hard, you know, and we had the Rolexes and all that. You, you just had the horseman vibe. And then over the years, you know, as, you know, people would retire or leave the NWA or what, whatever, they would replace them and some had the horseman vibe or were there for a reason others made you scratch your head and go what the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> okay Definitely. I, I think the what the fuck started happening when it was i think it was a clash of the champions it was the early 90s the horseman had definitely had its heyday Okay. Mm-hmm. Aha, you saw what I did there. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, they were bringing in, they were reuniting the horsemen. It was Flair, it was Art Anderson, Ole Anderson was back. They needed that young blood. You know, they needed a new sting. They needed a new Lex Luger. Okay. And we're going to announce this on this episode of Flair for the Gold. <laughs> and out comes Paul Roma. <laughs> oh, the wrestling world did a collective, huh? <laughs> what? Okay, like Paul Roma's a good wrestler and, you know, I really liked him in the Power and Glory tag team with Hercules Hernandez and all that. Paul Roma is not horseman material. <laughs> oh. And then over the years, you know, the R- Roma would leave, they'd bring this guy in, they brought Sid Vicious in. Um, Dean Malenko was a horseman. Chris Benoit was a horseman. Mongo McMichael, which, okay, on the surface and outside the ring and all that, he he made a good horseman. Yeah. Even though he was not really a wrestler. Couldn't wrestle for shit. Okay. Doesn't Mongo now? It doesn't he? Isn't he having really bad health issues right he now? He is. Too? He is. That's that's that that's true. We give all the best. It sounds like we're ragging on the guy, but we're really not. Okay, he just he just didn't have a very good work rate. But from just a character, and I hate that word, from a character standpoint, he was horseman material. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of the others, uh, not so much. I think the last and probably best incarnation of the Horseman was Flair Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Barry Windham when he mm-hmm. turned heel and won the United States Championship because he had Flair, world champion, Tully, Arn, tag team champions, and Barry Windham was the United States champion. I like how... On during the during the blood and, during blood and guts, that I think it was a Rosser Skiavone that brought up that Tully Blanchard. Okay, while he was in the corner of the pinnacle tonight, he was one of the originals in the very first War Games. Yep. Back then, did you guys catch that? I did. Yes. Yeah, I marked out totally for that. <laughs> well, they, they actually said he was in the first blood and guts, but it's like, mm, yeah, that's, that's a legal loophole they had to get around. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But we all kind of knew what they were winking at. Yeah, yeah we, we knew what they were, what they were saying. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So the Horsemen over the years had had some amazing members, some not so much. And then it kind of makes you think, well, maybe we can put on, you know, our fantasy booker, you know, our fantasy booker cap here and kind of give some ideas of who from any era, any federation might have fit into that early incarnation, the late 80s incarnations of the Four Horsemen when they ruled the world and all that. And it got, it really got me, it really got, like the old schooler in me really got me going and all that. So I can't wait to dive into this week's Turnbuckle Talk. So one of you guys have a suggestion you might want to start with? Please. I do. My first suggestion actually comes from a guy who was around at the same time, like late or mid to late 80s as the, the, the horseman. Okay, so we all know in the WWF around the same time, uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff did that really long program with Hulk Hogan over the world title. Mm-hmm. It was great. Everybody loved it, et cetera, et cetera. And then after that was over, for lack of a better term, Paul Orndorff kind of spun his wheels a little bit. Right. In the, yeah, before making the jump to WCW. Kind of made the jump to WCW a little bit late. Had he jumped to WCW after his program with Hogan had wrapped up, pro- I have no doubt in my mind he would have made a great horseman. He would have made an excellent horseman. Between the robes, between the robes, the anti-Hogan stance, which while they never brought it up, the 80s, you know, from 1985 to like 90, okay, it was Flair versus Hogan. Even if it didn't happen, that was that was money <laughs> in wrestling fans' minds. So Orndorff, yes, this is a great choice because he's he would have had the the anti Hogan, and he it just would have been a good fit mm-hmm. all definitely. the way around. It definitely would have been better than the dudes with attitudes or <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what about you, Ducky? MJF. There's a good choice. Yeah, because what they did with Luger and Sting, okay, they 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 want they were looking for the young guy that okay, we need a young fresh talent that we can mold into horseman material and mm-hmm. all that. We can bring them along our way and they did try that with Luger and it was very successful. Of course, but with both Luger and Flair you know, it sorry, the, sorry, down. technical issues. I got kicked out of the call. I'm back. Oh, you're um, back. Oh, okay. Yeah. We didn't even notice because um, you had a really good choice in MJF. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I said that, you started talking, and then the call just went goodbye. Oh wow. Well, oh. Yeah. Well, we're back. Now. We're yeah. back, and <laughs> uh, I can't wait till we're in Matt's home studio. Yeah, we're this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're on a roll here. We're two for two. This is fantastic. I'm going to throw out Ted DiBiase. Yeah? Yeah, like, okay, you'll know. Okay, probably his most famous, okay, um, persona or whatever was the Million Dollar Man. Okay, He's still doing that to this day. Really? Okay. (laughs) On NXT, nevertheless. On NXT, yeah, because he's now, like, trying to, Make Cameron Grimes broke or something. 
He's been trying to make him jealous of his money. Ah. Uh, oh, okay. Well, they're aren't they trying to do make uh while the million dollar man was the self-made man. Yes. Yeah. They're trying to make Cameron Grimes the million dollar man that got lucky. Basically. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Cashed out on GameStop stock, stocks back when that was <laughs> right. ruling the headlines. Well, if if Ted DiBiase hadn't gone to the WWF, kind of took his Million Dollar Man character, scaled it down a bit, mm-hmm. and went to Crockett instead of Vince. Okay, I think because he was he was so over you know, in Mid-South and then later the Universal Wrestling Federation and all that, okay? Like, if the fans, in uh, you know, in the Crockett territory would recognize him immediately, he would be over immediately and becoming a horseman, you know, and fill it, fitting that mold would have been bank for Crockett. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. And then who knows how long it could have gone. Then you could eventually have broken him off. And Flair DiBiase, okay, without the Million Dollar Man gimmick, would, holy jeez, that would, that would be a clinic. You, yeah. you know how we talk Flair Steamboat matches from yep. 1989? We would be talking Flair DiBiase. Yeah, okay. Okay. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And of course, the laugh. <laughs> that, that, that is a horseman laugh. Yeah. Yeah, it, sucks. it does suck in real life that Ted DiBiase is an asshole. But, well, well, so are a lot of people. Don't meet your heroes, kids. Yep. Don't meet your heroes, yeah. Don't uh, meet Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yeah. What else you guys got? Uh, well, I actually thought. There was a period, as you all know, and uh, in 2017, 2018, around there, when Brock Lesnar was the Universal Champion. My pick isn't Brock Lesnar, by the way, just so you know. It's not Brock Lesnar. There was a point on Raw when Brock Lesnar was the Universal Champion and he wasn't around anymore. At that time, The Miz was the Intercontinental Champion, and he was basically the top champion for most of the time on the Raw, on the brand. And the promos he would cut, my God. I could just picture that Miz, his promo style, that that husk that he has in his voice now, the suits that he wears, the way he, he carries himself, would have been perfect. Perfect fit for the horseman. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, this isn't, like, during, like, when he was over huge, when he, when, when he was champion, that was, like, I really wasn't paying attention. There, there was about a year or two where I wasn't, pay attention to pro wrestling in general. And that was when, when Miz was, was the first, his first reign, his first world title. Yeah. That was like 2010, but now in my opinion, he wasn't ready for it back then. And he hadn't perfected his promo game. Like he has now, like he didn't Mm -hmm. have that something in his voice nowadays that he didn't have back then. Right. Well, he's mature. Yeah. He developed over time. And like he's got like it's like this smoky raspiness to his voice that he has now, and like mm-hmm. just the way he carries himself, the way he was able to play off a crowd, right? And like calling himself the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and the way he wore that belt with pride, and like, mm-hmm. yep, and yeah, he he could have easily fit in very well with the Horseman. Let him as the guy. Yeah, 
client. <laughs> That's right. And Ooh, having yeah. Maurice around would help. Oh, for sure. For you sure. know, because yeah, whenever there was a woman around and all that, like they, they they always made sure that like any females that were affiliated with the horsemen, they always put her over big time and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. One of the things now, I might have said this on the show before, but I do I don't remember now. But with Maurice, I never I would say, okay, I want you to go out there and I want you to talk. Just never speak English. Okay, just, just when, let English. let let Miz go and do his promo. Okay, whatever he's gonna do, and then you back it up, but angry and in French. Like she yep. should never yep. speak English, because that would just irritate the piss out of Americans. <laughs> okay, like it would. Yeah, <laughs> and and it would have been over big time. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I really think I really think that's. But once again, I'm 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 putting this out to the wrestling universe, and I really shouldn't, because someone's going to take that idea. But the Miz, the Miz and Maurice, good idea, good idea. Yeah. What about you, dude? I'm still thinking. Okay. Well, while you're thinking, you had to plan ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> while you're thinking, before Tully Blanchard made his way to Crockett, he was mids- He was Southwest Tag Team Champions, I believe, in the old Continental Territory. No, he was in the Southwest Territory. He was Tag Team Champions with Gino Hernandez. Okay, now you probably guys would remember Gino Hernandez most from, unfortunately, the Dark Side of the Ring episode mm-hmm. back from the first season. Right. Okay. Yeah. He had the connection with Tully, like Blanchard went to Crockett, Hernandez went to World Class. Okay, but Hernandez was still doing the I'm better than you, I'm richer than you, I've got the three piece suits, I'm good looking, all the women love me. They could have brought, and this is if the tale didn't end so tragically, if Hernandez didn't leave us way too soon, okay, it would have been a good fit for Blanchard to say, yeah, you know what, we need a fourth horseman, I know a guy, okay, and then, you know, but you have to tune in next week, and I'll bring my guy out, and all that. And then he introduces Gino Hernandez. He would fit right in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really think. But, you know, you know, wrestling fate, you know, had something different for him in a different yeah. in, a, in a different federation. And that's that's too bad. You know, not only is it tragic we lost Gino Hernandez way too soon, but his big time angle, not only as a team, but against Chris Adams. Chris Adams left us way too soon Mm -hmm. you know and when chris adams was in the was in the uwf that was one of my favorite reasons for tuning into wrestling Mm. it was absolutely fantastic what else you guys got what about uh jericho yes yeah actually yeah i could see him uh by the time it it would have been a bad you know than then Paul Roma, I think, because Jericho also had the mic skills even back then. Okay, and he had he had sure. the charisma 
done the same idea with him as Luger. You know, we have this we have this young talent up in Canada. Well, we won't hold that against him. We'll bring him up anyways. And there is Chris Jericho, you know, and at first he would be the student. But then, you know, as he got more and more experience on TV, then that character would come out more and more. And before you know it, Jericho probably would have been a big, uh, a big star a lot sooner. Good choice. Good idea. Yeah. Well, I think uh, like the 2008 Jericho really showed that he can wear a suit very well. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Don't laugh. Okay, right. because as we're doing time travel here and we're playing what could have been, okay, if we just forget all about, you know, the computerized man of the 90s and God help us, the fucking red rooster, <laughs> if you forget all of that, okay, you take... I'm sorry, I laughed. <laughs> you take Terry Taylor after yep. he turned heel... In the UWF and then the UWF folds. Okay, what are you gonna do with all of these U, these these UWF guys? Okay, just like Hernandez, you know, he probably he would have fit in as a heel. He would have fit. He 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 would have had the Horseman vibe and mm-hmm. feeling. Really think that he would have fit in there because the guys can get under your skin in real life. Yeah, as well. Like, there's a lot of people that just don't like him in real life and and all that. And if he was the best characters are like the real thing with the volume turned up. Yeah. So you get like he would have fit a lot better in there than than, than the Red Rooster. Oh, God. Uh, that will always be the Terry Taylor I remember from the universe from Mid South from the UWF. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yep. What else, guys? Got well, my next pick is actually something that technically did happen, but didn't last very long. Okay. You see, as in the mid to late nineties, yeah, Kurt Henning was announced as a new member of the Four Horsemen. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like not not long after he ended up turning his back and joining the NWO. Right. But I, I personally would have loved to have seen Kurt Henning have like a full run and be like a full fledged horseman member who didn't wasn't just doing it to double cross like and, and infiltrate on behalf of the NWO and right. And yeah, eventually turn his back on on Flair and Anderson. I have Kurt Henning on the list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Even though, like, like you said, well, he was kind of a horseman. Well, no, the whole thing was was to position him into the NWO and then feud with Flair. Which I okay, fine. It was what it was. That did give Arn Anderson probably his most famous um, promo he ever did. The My Spot. Mm-hmm promo i'm going to give you not any spot i'm going to give you my spot in the four horsemen no well unfortunately it was at a time though like the horseman has had its day yeah at its day i would say yeah put out to pasture a long time ago if they had brought in i'm not saying like because i loved the only thing that i was loving about the wwf and my favorite thing ever 
about the WWF was Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Was Kurt Henning. Yeah, because he really, they didn't call him Kurt Henning, and that's the only thing that I didn't like about it. They just kept calling him Mr. Perfect and then Perfect and all that. If he, if Kurt Henning, after his AWA title run, if he went to Crockett and became a horseman and, you know, and not gone to Vince, you're right. It, it would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For sure. It would have been a really smooth transition. What about you, dude? Are you I still have with sort us? of a contro- controversial one because the guy is such like a douche. Okay. I don't know if he's a, well, he used to be a douche in my life. I don't know if he is anymore. It'd be cool to have him on the show one day, but Joey Janela. Oh. Well, okay. Um, once again, that would be kind of the youth, the, the indie guy. Let's, yeah. you know, bring him. Like, he would, he would definitely get, he would be an enigma in, in you know in the territories as well okay which that's that let's get that going through our heads wrestlers today that would have fit well in the territories back then and which territory and all that kind of kind of get going to get that going through your head for a future turnbuckle talk right okay and all that. yeah i can i can see the yeah kind of like maybe flair's little nephew or you know, yeah. I, I'm having my 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 brother raised, you know, or Janella here, Joey, little little Joey was Arn Anderson's neighbor's kid. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Like there was there'd be some way that you would be able to to work him in. I could see yeah, that. Um, I can see that. I'm, I'm having a little trouble picturing it, but maybe maybe it'll, I'll think about it a little more after. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And my last one. Okay. And once again, I've got to do a little time traveling here. The Cody Rhodes of today. Send him back in time, you know, during like to to replace Lex Luger or something. And of course, back then, I don't even know if Cody Rhodes was even alive or he just would have been because a teenager or whatever. But uh, barely, <laughs> barely yeah. a fucking... Yeah, still, still living his daddy's balls. Just an apple in daddy's eyes, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, if, you know, all things aside, okay, a young, a young Cody Rhodes ready to get into the world of professional wrestling, the way you see him now, okay, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the, with, with the suits. Putting Sorry? himself yeah. over all the time. Okay, yeah, that would help too. Yeah, <laughs> it helped too. Like, yeah, like I know you mean like the suits, the the mannerisms, the way he carries himself, the way he talks. It's like right. all very, very horsemanish. Brandy would even be the new Dark Journey. Just yeah, okay. You know, I could. Cause that's how they would, you know, in the eighties mentality. That's where they would position her, mm-hmm. and all that. And it also helps, you know. The fact that he's a Rhodes. I'm tired of living in my dad's shadow. Every time, you know, I, I can't go anywhere without people wanting to know where my dad is. How's my dad doing? And how's this? How's that? I'm tired of living in my old man's shadow. Well, Cody Runnels is his own man. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and my new friends here are go- going to let me be my own man and all that, which you, maybe you're not necessarily your own man, you know, when you're fighting to keep Ric Flair's title. And yeah. All that. But that, that was part of the horseman magic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, mo- a modern day Cody Rhodes would, um, I think, would make a fantastic horseman. And all right that. But do you guys have any more? I have one more. Okay. I, my final pick was a guy who, well, showed that he could be a horseman by kind of leading his own horseman esque fashion about uh, 15 years ago or so Triple H. No, actually, yeah, yeah, because they were kind of, well, like, I I don't know if Evolution would have been considered like a horseman. I guess what they're trying to do was Flair was the past, Triple H was the present, and Batista is the future. Then Orton, yeah. Okay, yeah, actually, yeah, there was four of them at one time, too, right? Yeah, and they were the only four members that ever were evolution. That ever were, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Like, for, like probably not. You know, like the last, the last couple of years. You know, when he was the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was total solo, and I couldn't see him really doing anything else. But or that was like when he started the whole CEO. when he was wearing the suits all the time yeah yeah a little combination of that with with you know the 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 young gun but still a veteran Mm -hmm. yeah so like 2001 2002 triple h mixed with ceo triple h i think that was like 2004 Triple H when he was like well like when, Evan, when Evolution was in full swing he was wearing the three piece suits and they're, they'd have all those uh, vignettes of them in limousines and helicopters and mm-hmm. like, he'd have the world heavyweight championship he would hold it just like Flair did and but like <laughs> and, when, and when he would be clean shaven as opposed to having his handlebar mustache or his full beard that he has now mm-hmm. uh, he would he, he like when he was clean shaven and he had his like hair slicked back when it was long he, and blonde, he would like. He just had that ultimate like. He kind of did like have a bit of a flare look to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that I think yeah. about it, that's yeah. kind of where they were going. They they wanted their own horsemen with evolution. They gave yeah. it a little bit of a tweak, but but yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I get that. It, I get it was, that. It was, a, it was a shot in the dark, and it ended up working. And they they kind of had that same trope too, where they were the 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 faction that had all the gold. You know, mm-hmm. right on, right on. Well, huh, is that it? That's you got it. one more duck? I can't think of it anymore. Okay, All right. fair enough, fair enough. I'm sure at some point, maybe this time next year, you know, we could probably make this an annual thing because, like, like I said, when I first had this idea in mind, I was thinking right from the 40s, any league, all the way up to yesterday, you know, like, and just kind of get the fantasy booking going, too. So, like, this is a conversation that we can visit again sometime down the line and um, or we could just keep going, <laughs> you know, and yeah. just make, make, make a six hour episode. 
and it would never lose steam. But I think maybe it is time to bring this uh, crazy train into the station once again. Thank you so much, guys. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Uh, people, people can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrestling night in Canada or on Instagram at wrestling night in Canada. And of course, once again, Wrestling Night in Canada is proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. You're going to want to check out all of the amazing podcasts on that network. There's not only us, there's the Shining Wizards themselves, you know, and it's, it's predominantly pro wrestling, but there's a lot of pop culture in there as well including our brother program radioactive metal if you haven't quite had enough of your uh, cool uncle snowy with this you might want to check out my uh, show over there which uh, i believe last episode i had two uh two rather handsome and entertaining gentlemen from this show joining me over there and talking mm-hmm. You know, all things over there. Crossover. Crossover. That's right. That's right. (laughs) We'll we'll find more ways of getting you guys over there as well. In the meantime and in between time, this has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Murka. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs>